Hi, it's Lisa. Welcome back to The Healing Path, a podcast created to connect our broken hearts as we journey into honest conversations about grief and loss in our daily lives. So thank you for joining this episode. It is Wednesday, April 6th, 2022, and I am going a little bit off script today, and I appreciate your um, interest in sticking around and also love any feedback that you have to share. Today is a little bit of a tough day for me, um, and I haven't talked a lot about our son Emmanuel, who was born and also died in the same day 20 years ago today. Um, but I do want to share. So I did write something for the blog and, um, I'm not going to stop, start, edit any of this. It's just going to be, um, coming straight from the heart today. So thanks for sticking around. (sighs) So the name of this podcast episode and post for today is Emmanuel. This is a difficult topic to write about, but it's time. 20 years ago today, I experienced the miracle of new life being born through my own. And shortly after our tiny son, Emmanuel, drew his first breath, he also drew his last. As his father says, Emmanuel experienced the full gamut of the life cycle from birth to life to death all in one day. I have written about this experience of delivering our son only to watch him die, although I haven't shared many of the details. And I'm opening up here uh, because I really actually have a specific message that I want to share with listeners and readers, even though um, it's kind of pushing my own willingness to be vulnerable to kind of a new level. So again, thanks for your support. So as you may know, our our first and only daughter, Alexis, uh, died in 1997. She was just over a year old, 13 months and five days. And I've shared a lot about her short life and how it has and continues to impact our lives. Um, but I haven't talked a lot about our son, Emmanuel. And what's interesting is that I actually haven't told a lot of people about his life and death. Um since it has been 20 years, certainly it's come up more often uh, over the past couple of years as I've started to take off some of the armor and talk about it. But this is an especially um, tough one. And what's interesting is he, Emmanuel, was born and died 20 years ago in April, uh, you know, 20 years ago today, April 6th. And what's interesting is that for people in our lives that, um, were friends and acquaintances, you know, but maybe living in other parts of the country or having their own families or going to school or getting married or traveling abroad. Um, There were a lot of folks that are important to us that we didn't share this whole tragedy with um, for a really long time. And some who don't even know now, I was recently chatting with a friend that I hadn't talked to in a very long time, a close friend from college, and realized that she never knew that we went through this. So this is really important uh, for me to be able to open up about. But 
not easy. So what I've not told many people about is that actually there were there were a lot of people that never knew about Emmanuel's life and death, which I just mentioned. By the time this happened, Alexis had died. Life's, Zach's life was extremely complex. And we had our reasons for mustering up the courage to have another child. But when Emmanuel died that Saturday afternoon after a grueling six-day hospital admission for me, something in me broke beyond repair. I crossed some kind of point from which I would never return. From a medical standpoint, I'd survived some pretty serious delivery complications and had the scare of those events to exacerbate the absolute devastation and confusion of Emmanuel's limited moments with us. Crossing this point of no return was crippling for me. I knew there would be no more children for us. I knew my body had been taken to the limits of what it could actually do. I knew my heart was empty and still, and on top of it all, I felt shame. As we've talked about before, the difference between guilt and shame is this. I feel guilt when I make a choice that I know is wrong for me, but I know I can make a better one next time. But shame insidious and destructive is when I make a choice that ends poorly and I take myself, not my bad choice, to be responsible. And from there, I deduct that I, not my choice, am flawed. So when I say I felt shame, I felt I was flawed, not my choices. I repeatedly judged and kicked myself for exposing my body, my family, and our son Emmanuel to this unconscionable tragedy of an outcome, as if I'd orchestrated the whole thing. I felt responsible, as if I myself was damaged and not capable of having made a better decision. From a privacy standpoint, I won't share much more about the details of this earth-shattering day on April 6, 2002. It is still so gut-wrenching. But the reason I've opened up about all of this today is that I want to support anyone, any of you, any person who has had a miscarriage or lost an infant during or after childbirth, whether that childbirth was premature or not, losing an infant is devastating. And if this has happened to you or someone you know, I am so sorry for those losses. But I'm here to encourage you, and again, just trying to flex the courage slash vulnerability muscle, because I feel like, you know, the word encourage means, heart, you know, courage comes from the word heart. And you know, discourage is when we're, when our heart is, you know, moving away from what's important to us. I want to encourage, I want to bring hope and love to your heart because just because a pregnancy ended before a, a little life could take hold in a body that could sustain it, um, doesn't detract from the life force that it shared with our pregnant bodies. And perhaps you were never able to hold your baby 
or there was no actual delivery or active, you know, part to take in the delivery, but a medical medical complication may have occurred or the pregnancy maybe just didn't take properly. Um, or you may have lost your baby tragically. And either way, you know, you may be tempted like I was to dismiss this experience as unfortunate or shitty even, but now allow yourself to truly process and connect the experience of having life inside your own. In other words, there's more depth to the experience of carrying a life inside our bodies and then having that life be gone, whether it's out of our body and alive or out of our body and and not alive. So if you fall into this category of hiding or downplaying or holding your breath once, you know, annually when the date of the loss rolls around as an anniversary, please know that you do not need to do that alone. And a pregnancy, no matter how viable or gestationally progressed that that life is, it's still a life. And it has a place in our lineage and in our families. We have full permission to include these losses in the bigger portraits of our families and allow these fragile spirits a place at the table, so to speak, even if it's just a flower arrangement in their honor or a tiny candle you burn to remind me of your baby's breath, to remind you of your baby's breath. The only thing worse than having to give our adult female bodies over to a fetus that is unable to develop or survive is to belittle the pain and feel it alone. So don't do that. And I say that with a loving tone, of course, but this is the reason that I'm opening up in such a stark way today is tell someone it's the anniversary of your miscarriage or journal about it, or maybe you even had to decide to terminate a pregnancy, which is, as far as I can see, the most difficult decision a woman can face, and tell someone, or meditate, or walk in nature, or go to a place of worship, or just stare at the clouds, or sit, just be still, and whatever you do, own this part of yourself, own your truth. Allow all these parts of you to be here. Find somebody worthy of hearing what it is that you've lost. Even if it's your pet or a picture on the wall, maybe someone that's not even here anymore to talk to, but own it. It's part of you and it's as much a part of us as anything else. And all of life's expressions have a place in the universe. Let's not allow these parts of us to be shackled up in a closet somewhere patiently waiting for the respect, love, and tenderness that they truly deserve. So to repeat, if you've lost a pregnancy or a child or anyone you love for that matter, I truly am sorry for your loss. And repeat the reason for opening up in this blog, which is this, to connect us through what hurts us instead of letting it shame and isolate us to transcend grief through compassionate presence. In other words, together by sharing and being supportive of one another and not judging one another, especially in including ourselves. Let's let that connection 
fully encompassed all of our losses, not just the ones we think people will approve of or understand. And to Emmanuel, on his 20th birthday, I say to my son, I love you, and I should have never kept this to myself, although I don't um, regret keeping things private just because I know how vulnerable and how painful this is, but keeping it to myself has made it more of a prison than it ever would have been if we could all just talk about these things. So that is today's episode of The Healing Path. And again, um, I just appreciate your presence and your interest and, you know, the real work that I'm committed to doing through this podcast, through the blog, through writing, through talking, and through uh, coaching is just to really, you know, lock arms and say, this is our story. These are our cumulative stories. And in doing so, hopefully freeing ourselves to live the very full and vibrant lives that we're meant to. So a moment of silence for anyone else grieving today. And may we all stay present and grateful and may we stay healing. And for goodness sake, may we stay together. Thank you so much for listening.